Go with me this morning, if you will, to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 9 this morning. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version, and it says this. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But here's the key word. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in other boats to come to help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with me were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. I want to share with you this morning for a few moments from that one simple word, nevertheless. But I want you to notice along with that word, the statement that he makes here. Simon Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. Can I tell you that God is speaking into the hearts of those who will hear His voice in this late hour. God is speaking into every situation, every circumstance, every need of our life. But my question today is this. Will we hear the voice of God and say, no matter what we think or no matter what our will is, will we say unto the Lord, nevertheless, at your word. Father, bless this word now. Let the anointing of your spirit flow throughout this house. And may this word awaken something in us that may have been at rest. May it restore in something in us, God, that will motivate our spirit man to stand boldly, to stand firmly, and to come forward in your presence and claim everything that you have designed for us. And Father, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Nevertheless is the thought for us this morning. Never underestimate the power of this simple word. How often have we heard it, but yet how often have we possibly overlooked it and gone beyond it and never really thought that much about it? But in this verse of Scripture, and we'll find a little later on, another place in the Word of God where it becomes very real. But in this verse of Scripture, it becomes a very powerful word. And I want you to notice for a moment, nevertheless, is your bridge to the supernatural. 
nevertheless puts the power back in God's hand, nevertheless activates heaven on your behalf, and it paralyzes hell. What do you mean? No matter what's happening, no matter where we are, nevertheless, Lord, at your word. Nevertheless, Lord, at your will. Nevertheless, Father, however you desire it. If you had been there the day with Simon Peter when these, his boat was being filled, you would have probably heard something like this. Help, I've got net-breaking boats blessing happening to me I've got too much blessing it's too much for me I need some help you would have probably heard him declaring such a thing to those who were nearby who could come and help but can I say to the church today that should not surprise a child of God why do you say that, Pastor? Because doesn't the Bible say, press down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom? The Bible talks here in that verse about receiving such blessing that it's pressed down, it's shaken together, and it's running over. Why? Because of the abundance coming into your life. You ever notice that when you go open up a bag of potato chips, I, sometimes I've opened up a few bags and got very disappointed. I went to open it up. It felt like it was very full. Open it up, and all of a sudden you hear air go, whoosh, and everything in it falls to the bottom. And what you think is much becomes very little in that bag. It, it drifts away, and the contents will settle to the bottom. Well, sometimes we receive things in the mail, and it will say, contents may settle to the bottom. But I want to declare something about the Lord. And I want you to know that God has a blessing with your name on it. And it has not settled to the bottom. As a matter of fact, the contents of what God has for your life is overflowing for you. And I like this part of it. There's so much that it wouldn't fit into the box. So it's overflowing in your life. It's abundant supply of God for you. Most of us have a hard time believing for just enough. Think about this for a minute. Most of us as children of God, if we're not careful, we have a hard time believing for just enough in our life. Just enough to pay the house payment. Just enough to pay the car payment. Just enough to keep the lights on. Just enough to put a few groceries in the pantry. But I want to tell you what that is. That is a wilderness mentality. What do you mean by that, Pastor? It's called a wilderness of just enough. A wilderness that says, I can only have just exactly what I need. But let me take you back to the Word of God. When God was bringing Israel out of Egypt, He brought them through a wilderness of just enough where they received exactly what they needed for every day. But the reality was, it was only supposed to be a hallway into the land of overflowing. It was only supposed to be a hallway into a land that would flow with milk and honey for their life. But we all know the story how that they lingered there longer than God had intended. He only wanted them to go through the just enough for a short little while, but then they were going to come into the abundance of His blessing in their life. Can I tell you, just enough is definitely better than not enough. 
Just enough is definitely better than not having enough in your life. But I want to declare to somebody in this room, it is not God's promised land for you. It is not God's plan and purpose for your life. God doesn't want you to live on just enough. God doesn't want you to have just enough. God has desired that every child of God would walk and live in the abundant supply that he has given us. And the only reason we live in that limited place is because we limit ourselves. We don't allow God to be his full at his fullness in our life. But when we begin to allow God to come into his fullness in our life, there is nothing he will withhold from us. There's nothing he will keep from us. Can I tell you, God wants to take you to the promised land. The Lord has a blessing with your name upon it. He's just looking for you to proclaim it in your life. I want to talk to somebody in this room very clearly. I want to talk to you because I walked down this road. I've been in this place, and I think every child of God at some point has walked down this road. You prayed. You confessed the Word of God. You have worked your faith the best you know how. You stood on the Word of God, but then you were disappointed. You ever been to that place? You ever been there when you stood and you, you prayed, you did everything you knew to do, but then it would come down, all of a sudden you felt disappointed. Somebody I'm talking to today, you are in a disappointing season right now in your life. You are in a disappointed place in your life. But hear me out. Your faith has been disappointed over and over again. You've thrown out your net over and over again, and you came back with nothing. It feels like all the prayer and all the believing and all the confessing was a waste of time in your life. Have you ever been there? I think we've all been in that place. But I need, to, I need to tell somebody in this room, your disappointing season is about to come to an end. Your disappointing place is about to come to a halt. Why? Because the Bible said weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He didn't say we wouldn't walk through valleys. He didn't say we wouldn't have disappointing times. He didn't say we wouldn't have tough places in our life. But I like the way that latter part said, but joy comes in the morning, which means that God may allow you to walk through it, but he's going to bring you out with great joy. Hallelujah to the Lamb. You know, when you, you order something, they give you a delivery date. More people receive stuff now by the mail than they do to go purchase it. Probably at Christmas time this year, there was more packages delivered than any time of the year. But when you order something, you go online, they give you a delivery date when that delivery is going to come. Well, I want to tell somebody in this room, God has got a delivery date that is a divine appointment for your life. God has got a delivery time that is divinely set up for you. But you say, I've been to that spiritual post office over and over again. I've been there and I've visited over and over again, but nothing seems to be coming my way. Well, let me take you back to Elijah for a moment. You remember when he sent his servant out and he was praying for rain and expecting rain? His servant comes back, nothing yet. His servant comes back, nothing yet. But Elijah declared to him, go again. I want to tell somebody in this room, the Holy Spirit of God is telling somebody in this house, you need to go back to your spiritual post office once again. Why? Because persistent faith never loses. 
When you are persistent in your faith and you keep going back to God and you keep searching out God, it never loses. Persistent faith will cause God to work in your life. When Elijah told him to keep going back, and you've heard the story, till finally he goes back, he said, he come back, he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's all Elijah needed. That's all he needed because he understood. It didn't matter how big it was or how small it was. It was the answer of God upon their life. Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. All you may see is a small cloud, but I hear the sound of an abundance of rain coming in my life. I want to tell somebody in this room, if you'll get in tune with God and where you need to be, you can hear the sound of an abundance of rain in your life. Someone needs to understand your drought shall be taken over by abundance. Your drought shall be taken over by the abundance of rain. A new season, a new anointing is before you. Some people need to get out of the same old season you've been dwelling in. Some have been dwelling in the same old place over and over, and they never get out. But I want to declare to you today, there's a new season, a new anointing for your life. And I don't know about you, but I want to walk in a new anointing constantly in the Spirit of God. I want Him to use me in different, unique ways. An anointing for a breakthrough. An anointing for release. An anointing for supernatural. An anointing for the abundance of God. And can I tell you, that's where God is calling each and every one of us to. There's an anointing for every season of your life. There's an anointing for when you're in the valley. There's an anointing for when you're on the mountain. There's an anointing for when you're in between. There's an anointing when things are going great. There's an anointing when things are not so good. There's an anointing when you're up. There's an anointing when you're down. There's an anointing for every season of your life. But we have to be willing to allow God to put that anointing fresh in our spirit man. Jesus was trying to shift Peter into a new anointing, but the Bible said he resisted it. When we read the Scripture earlier, understand, and I'm paraphrasing here, Peter said, it's been for all been for nothing. He said, we've worked so hard for nothing. He said, we've told all night to come up with empty nets. It's all been for nothing. But I want to give you a revelation this morning. Nothing is great preparation for too much. When you find yourself in a place of nothing, it is a great preparation or preparing ground for too much in your life. So in this moment, you may feel like nothing's going on, nothing's happened, and you're in a place of nothing. But God sent me by to tell you, you are in a preparing ground for too much in your life. Where the abundance of God is going to come upon you and be revealed in you. Sometimes God will take you through a season of nothing just before the breakthrough into too much. Why does God do that? Why would God do that to us? Why would God allow that to happen? Because He wants all the glory. Amen? You want to know why you walk through those places of nothing? God wants all the glory. 
He wants you to know that it's the anointing that produces the miracle. The Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. He wants you to learn his voice. Why does God allow you to walk through those places? Because he wants you to learn his voice. I pray that one of the very things that we've learned in this time of fasting and in this time of prayer is that we're hearing his voice, that we've learned to hear the voice of God, that we've learned through this to be to have a more in tune ear and to listen intently to what God is saying in our life. But let me take you back. He wants you to learn his voice. The first key to shifting into anointing of abundance is hearing the voice of God. If you want to shift into the abundance of your anointing of abundance in your life, you have to hear the voice of God. The second key is obeying His voice. Somebody needs to hear me very clearly right here. Obedience to an instruction, even if it seems ridiculous. Has God ever asked you to do something and it sounded ridiculous? Has God ever asked you to do something and it sounded outlandish? It sounded weird? It sounded off the wall? Well, let me just stop and tell you. When you get to the point that you can listen to the voice of God and no matter how outlandish it sounds, no matter how off the wall it sounds, but you obey the voice of God, I want to tell you something. It's in those times that God can do His greatest work in your life. God will let us wear ourselves out sometimes doing what we know to do and doing it how we know to do it. You see, when we still have enough strength, we still have options. When we still have strength, we feel like we got it figured out. When we think that we can work it out for ourselves, we don't hear God. Because we're relying on our own abilities and our own capabilities. But hear this. It's not that God is not speaking in those moments. It's just that we're too busy to hear the voice of God. It's not that God's not speaking in those times. We're too busy to hear and understand why He's saying, I want you to hear this next word. We must be led by the Spirit of the Lord. We must be led by the Spirit of the Lord. And to be led by the Spirit means that He is out in front, not me. He is in control, not me. He is in charge, not me. If you want to shift into a ridiculous blessing, you have to be willing to obey a ridiculous instruction from the Lord. The third thing you have to notice here, the third key to ridiculous blessing, is you have to get a vision of abundance. Most of us don't have any problem seeing ourselves again with just enough. We don't have any problem with that. We don't struggle with that part. We don't have any problem seeing ourselves with barely making it, just keeping our heads above water. But I want to just stop right there before I go any further. God doesn't want to just keep your head above water. God wants you to walk on the water. Did you hear me this morning? He doesn't just want your head to be above it, but in the spirit realm, He wants you to walk on the water, which means you're above the situation, you're above the circumstance, you're above the problem. You have to see yourself in abundance. And I'm going to ask you this morning, how do you see yourself today? Doesn't matter what everybody else sees, what everybody else thinks about you. How do you see yourself? How do you perceive who you are? How do you perceive where you are? 
God told Abraham, lift up your eyes. Look for the place where you are. Look to the east, west, north, and south. Everything you can see, I'll give it to you. North, south, east, and west. He said, everything you can see, I'll give it to you. Basically, God was saying, if you can see it, you can have it. Well, I want to just stop and say to this church this morning, and I firmly believe it with all of my heart, if you can believe it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can trust God for it, you can have it. Jesus told Peter to launch out in the deep for a draught. He was giving Peter a vision of abundance. He's discouraged, he's dismayed, he's distraught, he's fished all night, and nothing comes up, nothing caught. But Jesus is giving him a vision of what abundance really is. He was saying there's a blessing out there, Peter, that's got your name on it. There's a blessing of abundance out there that's all designed just for you. But Peter, you're going to have to go get it. I want to say to somebody in this house, you have an appointment with a blessing. Don't miss it. You have an appointment with the abundance of God for your life. Do not miss it. I want you to turn and look at your neighbor and say, don't miss your appointment. Look on the other side. Don't miss your appointment. You got a design time of a blessing of God for your life. Do not miss it. Don't you notice what Mary told the servants at the wedding when they ran out of wine? You remember the story? Whatever he says to you, do it. Very simple, very basic instruction. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. In other words, Mary said, it may not make sense to you. It may be hard on your flesh. It may not look like what you want it to look like. Everybody may think you're crazy for doing it, but whatever he said do, just do it. And I'll give you something here. Water speaks of just enough. Wine speaks of excessive overflow and abundance. Water speaks of survival and maintenance. Wine speaks of thriving and overflow. When the servants obeyed what Mary had said and they obeyed the voice of Jesus Christ, they came into an overflow and the water was turned into wine. But I like what they said. When it was all said and done, you saved the best wine for the last. Why is that? Because when God puts his hand on anything in your life, when God touches is anything in your life, it can be the best you have ever experienced. God is trying to shift somebody into a new anointing. He's trying to shift you into a new place. And one word shifted Peter into a ridiculous blessing. One word shifted him into a new anointing. And that one word was nevertheless. Don't you notice that one word changed everything. That one word made all the difference. Peter's argument went something like this. Lord, it doesn't make sense. You don't fish during the day. Lord, I'm tired. We fished all night long. I don't feel like going back. Lord, I don't want to be disappointed again. Lord, it's not worth the effort. Have you ever said that? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in that place? Lord, it's not worth it anymore. But Peter spoke one word after that that changed everything. Nevertheless, and I like the way he went on with it. Nevertheless, at your word. So God, it doesn't matter if I fished all night. It doesn't matter if I feel like it's worth it or not. It doesn't matter, Lord, how I think about the matter. Nevertheless, at your word, we're going to cast our nets out again. 
I want to say to everybody in this room, you better have a nevertheless somewhere hidden back in your vocabulary. You better have a nevertheless somewhere hidden back in your vocabulary that can come out. Listen, that one little word so insignificant to many people but it is full of power to so many people it's very insignificant but it is very powerful word why nevertheless means I don't care what it looks like I don't care what it feels like I don't care what people say about me I don't care if I've tried it before and it didn't work I don't care if it's going to cost me my pride Nevertheless says, I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if it makes me look foolish. Nevertheless, I will obey God. Nevertheless, I will go. I will do. I will pray. I will forgive. I will sow that seed. I will make that next step. I don't care if it makes me look foolish. Nevertheless, I'll do it, Lord. I don't care if it crushes all my pride. Nevertheless, Lord, I will do it. I'm talking to some people in this room. You've got to come to the place that you'll say to God, Nevertheless, at your word, I will obey you. Nevertheless is your bridge from a season of nothing to too much. Somebody hear this preacher. Nevertheless, is your bridge from a season of nothing in your life to a place of abundance of too much that's given by God. Nevertheless, shifts you out of the natural realm into the supernatural realm. In other words, I may see empty nets bark, but nevertheless, I may feel pain in my body. Nevertheless, the devil may be attacking me on every side. Nevertheless, there may be no room for relief, and I don't see relief in sight. Nevertheless, PJ, it don't matter how dark it looks. Nevertheless, it don't matter how hopeless it seems. Nevertheless, it don't seem if it never like it's never going to happen. But nevertheless, I just want to tell you personally this morning, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, you prayed and you prayed and you prayed, but you watch God. He's going to do what He said He'd do. Oh, hallelujah! He's going to do what He said He would do. Nevertheless, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Nevertheless, all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. David Keaton, it doesn't matter what hell throws at me. I can't speak for anybody else in this room, but I'm going to speak for me right here, Bubba. It doesn't matter what hell throws at me. I've already settled it. Nothing's going to change my mind, Greg. Nothing's going to change my mind. It don't matter what comes or what goes, Michelle. He's still God. He's still in he still got me. Robert, if I fall dead in this spot, he still got me. Somebody needs to hear me today. I've got a nevertheless, Amy, on the inside of me. I got a nevertheless in here. 
I'm not going to keep it in here. Eric, I got to let it come out. And I want to tell some people in this room now, I know why God brought me back to this place. I know why God brought me here. Because, Charles, this, this room is full of people that need to declare, nevertheless, at your word, Lord. At your word, Lord. Nevertheless, declares, it is done even before it started. Somebody hear this. Nevertheless, declares it's done before it ever started. I want to just tell somebody, God already did it before you ever prayed the first prayer. God already answered it. D.D., he already made it happen before you prayed the first prayer. So, Pastor, I hadn't seen the evidence of it yet. Don't mean he hadn't done it. It's just coming into place. Your faith, when you declare the word, nevertheless, you are releasing your faith. As I close this morning, don't you listen to me? Your faith is testifying. Your faith is crippling hell. Your faith is crippling every device and every plan of the enemy against your life. You remember the words on the cross when Jesus said, don't you listen to this. You'll know the power of this word, nevertheless. Remember when Jesus said from the cross, he said, it is finished. But prophetically, it was finished in the garden. When Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not in my will, I will be done. Can I tell you the moment Jesus spoke the word nevertheless out of his lips, hell was defeated. Victory came into your life. Deliverance came into your life. An overcoming spirit came for you. At the moment Jesus said, nevertheless, I want you to stand to your feet all across this room. Nevertheless means I refuse to be dominated by what my eyes see. I refuse to be dominated by what my ears hear. I refuse to be dominated by what sometimes my mind may think. I'm going to cast my nets into nothing. Why? Because I am believing God for too much in my life. God sent me by to preach to this church this morning and to those of you online. It is time to cast out your net if it seems like it's not worth it. If it seems like nothing is there, God said cast out your net for too much. give this all to call in a very different way. I feel this under the unction and the direction of the Holy Spirit listening. Somebody needs to praise the Lord this morning. Like what you've been praying for just happened in your life. I listened to that testimony Colin gave a while ago. 
I might have got louder than anybody else in this building, but twice when he said, clap your hands, especially when he said, if it happened for you, clap like you would if it happened to you. I was clapping my hands. I was rejoicing. God canceled a $25,000 debt for me. I rejoice. I want to say to some people in this room, you need to praise God like what you've been praying for just happened right before your very eyes. You need to praise God like it already manifested in your life. You need to praise God like it's standing right before you. I want everybody in this room to bring your nevertheless to this altar this morning. Everybody in this room, bring your nevertheless to this altar this morning. Your nevertheless, it'll be different for every person. It'll be different in every life. But bring your nevertheless to the altar this morning.